Welcome to Walking the Earth podcast, where we follow the journey of my friend, Mike Margulies, and his travels around the world. I'm your co-host, Justin Castle, and we left off with, with Mike talking about his journeys uh, regarding his cell phone and getting stuck yep. in with Venki. Um, is that how you say his name? Venki? Venki. Yeah. Yeah. His name's Venkatesh. I call him Venki. Traveling uh, he with helps Ven- me navigate that. <laughs> yeah, get through that situation. Um, and he kind of yeah. left off with um, you know the diversity of India and how impressive you know the you know you have great people and you have you have people who who will you know take advantage of a traveler and yeah. and try to. But overall, them. I think the the real message you know you can in a place like that. You can, if you can find your way towards the positive, then you end up even better than if you were in a place that was call it a safer bet where people are there's less um, difference between the people or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's more chaos here, but you can navigate it properly. You'll, I, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and overall, I've met great, amazing people. Um, uh, but yeah, I think I left off. I was in Bangalore, had the situation with my phone. Uh, at this point in time. Uh, once I finally got my phone fixed, I was able to um, move on. I didn't have anything hanging over my shoulders anymore, which was nice. So uh, I decided to go to North India because I I think I mentioned in the last, uh, in the last recording that I have a Vipassana meditation coming up, this 10-day course of no eye contact and no speaking. That's going to be at the end of November outside of Mumbai. So I thought was if I fly up to North India, I have a month to explore that area, and then I can make my way back south uh, towards Mumbai. And then after that, I have December to hang out on the beaches again and whatever, Um, which should be pretty cool, actually, because everybody that I've met in India is going to be in Goa in December. Awesome. It's just going to, it's going to be like a massive homecoming or something. Um, and people from all the different cities I've been to, that's just the place everyone goes. And so it's it's going to be neat. And I've got... Um, you got your bathing suit? Yes, I have a bathing suit. <laughs> just just <laughs> had to check, had to check. Some friends from the States are actually coming to India at the end of December. Really? Um, one of my friends is getting married here uh, ah, over New Year's. That's So that that's should a, also be cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's nice. Um and so the part that for me is tough is uh, now I have like an itinerary. I have to be in at, near Mumbai end of November, then I have to be in Kerala at the end of December. But it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to have some plans, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I decided while I have before this end of November meditation course, I want to explore a part of the hadn't seen yet, which is North India. So I took a flight from Bangalore to New Delhi. And okay. I only hung out in, in Delhi for a couple of days. Um, I'm not as big into the cities uh, as I am the kind of smaller places. Because of, taking... is there a certain reason is because of the comfort factor or. I don't know. I just don't find them as enjoyable. You know, a city is a city. It's just people everywhere. And, if you're in a place like Hampi, for example, you're hanging out and everyone's very friendly, receptive. You make friends and you 
you make um, you pretty much build a little social circle for yourself in the in the week that you spend there or whatever. And a city, I mean, you can meet obviously. There's tons of people in a city, so you can meet people, but it's just different. It's not like a close knit community. Everything is so far apart, and there's the traffic is just a mess, and it takes half an hour to get anywhere. Um, right. Yeah, I got you. I think Indian cities are just even crazier than American cities, um, <laughs> if that's possible. But it's possible. even crazier than like New York City, I think. Uh, from traffic wise and, and time wise. Um, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I I didn't spend too much time in Delhi. I did, that was kind of where the airport is. You know, it's a big city, so I came in there. I scoped it out for a little bit, hung out with some couch surfers. And so now I know people in Delhi next time I go, which I probably wound up there again. Um, decided to go to a place called Rishikesh. Rishikesh. Which is north of Delhi. And uh, so I hopped on an overnight train. I actually met some other travelers that were heading towards Rishikesh. We thought we were on the same bus. Turns out we're not. But I got their contact info so we could hang out there. Um, get off the bus in the morning in Rishikesh. It was another shitty overnight bus experience. Um, uh. I think I talked about one before where it's just AC is going off. And this one was cold and it's bumpy and I don't have like a bed per se. Um, but I made it. So I'm in Rishikesh and this Israeli guy named Mayer was also on the bus. Uh, he and I actually end up uh, splitting a room together and we hung out for the next, um, you know, week or two. So this was a week or two ago when I arrived in Rishikesh and I'm still here. Um, and I was basically hanging out with mayor and some of his friends that were also here. And it was really, really cool. We had this nice kind of, this group of people, uh, this, we were like a little, I don't know what you call it, but like a- I had my crew. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you had your and entourage. Had like our, I had my entourage, and we had all we had our go to restaurants. We'd go and chill at. Uh, it was real neat, and I really liked them all. Um, and it they're sounds mostly like a- Israeli, and and they're really cool people. What was nice about it was the change of pace. I think I, you know, you said well, last yeah, last episode you were very isolated. And it sounds like oh yeah, well sure in the jungle. I was really isolated, although in the cities I didn't feel that way so much because when I was in the cities, I, um, you know, I had friends, mm-hmm. so it wasn't too bad. But yeah, this was also a nice, uh, a nice situation. I had good people. Anything's good when you have good people. I think. Um, I agree. And so in Rishikesh, and just some of the things I did here, you know, I did whitewater rafting. We went trekking to a waterfall. So there's all kinds of neat things. You basically, so they give you the picture of Rishikesh. You're at the base of the Himalaya Mountains. Oh, um, right by the Ganga River, or the Ganges River, I think we call it in the U.S. or something. Um, so my hotel room has a balcony that overlooks the river. Um, it's pretty incredible. Please tell me um, of a photo. Yeah, I'll upload some photos. Uh, and it's a very spiritual kind of place. There's, so there's tons of meditation and yoga and that sort of thing going on. 
Um, now that said, it's also kind of commercialized version of it. So mm-hmm. it's weird. So I you have wonder like, about that sometimes. You have like casinos like, and things? Casinos? <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> no casinos. <laughs> no, why not? Uh, Everybody needs to gamble. I guess so. <laughs> I don't know if the yogis are big gamblers. <laughs> I don't know. But it, it's this weird thing, though. To me, if you are you know, for meditation work and healing kinds of works like that, it does seem odd to me to do it on a for-profit basis. If your goal is to help somebody, it just makes me question people's motives, I guess, especially after the story I told, um, now that I'm ever questioning people's motives. Uh, it it just seems then there are some free classes you can take here free yoga classes uh, which are really nice i did a little bit of yoga uh, this week this past couple weeks which i do enjoy um nice but some of the ones that make you pay on the one hand you think well it's okay that's what people are doing this is their profession this is what they do for a living that's not a problem but some of it's fishy so for example uh some of the friends i was with wanted to go to an ashram um, like a yoga ashram where you basically you would, we went to this place, I don't know, half an hour outside of, uh, the main city and you just kind of would live there instead of being in the town. You're just living there with, you know, the less than a dozen people and you're doing yoga essentially all day long. I thought, oh, I'll try it out. So I went with them and it was definitely intense. The yoga there was like super just it wears you out but some of the stuff they did i don't know i didn't exactly buy into it seemed like bullshit to me i guess is what i'm saying um really you know i try to i try to be really open-minded uh i think that's really important that's you know for a traveler for sure but at the same time i think you have to check yourself and you don't want i think a mistake a lot of people make is they want to be so open-minded, but what they end up doing is they'll trade one worldview for a different worldview. So essentially you trade one brainwashing for another. They'll say, oh, Western philosophy is bullshit, uh, and they throw it out the window, but then just subscribe to someone else's worldview immediately right. without question. And to me, it's like, okay, be open-minded to the different possibilities of how to view the world, but don't just jump head first and trust anything um, because you think this well, person knows more than you know. Everyone, even these leaders are, he's just a man, you know? Right. And so I'll Maybe. give a concrete example. I just, so what I mean by that is one of my friends said, Oh, I have, uh, I have acid reflux problems. So his prescription for her was to give her, I was a whole string of things that were supposed to cure it. But one of which was a mud bath. What? A mud bath. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, like, what? And another girl had uh, some skin pigmentation things. And his solution for her involved something to do with an elephant tusk. And and then there was an interesting conversation where she says, oh, uh, you know, that doesn't work for me because I'm a vegan. Uh, So, and, and his response, of course, was, well, you don't have to eat it. You just need to use it. And she had to explain to him, no, no, that's not the point. The point isn't about, <laughs> you know, I don't want to harm any animals here. Right. And 
And his explanation was, well, it's okay. We didn't kill the elephant for its tusk. We just found the dead elephant and we cut its tusk off. (laughs) Yeah, right. And I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? (laughs) And they would do bizarre things like every morning. The first thing they'd do is swallow salt water and vomit it up. What? Yeah, yeah. And stick a noodle in their nose and then out the mouth and like basically floss their nose with this noodle thing. Um, you see, just a lot of you, weird shit. You see that on like uh, America's Funniest Home Videos type of thing, like yeah, or like uh, remember that show that used to be on TV? Um, yeah, it's not Guinness Book of World Records or whatever. Yeah, maybe Fear Fact. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, Ripley's Believe It or Not. That's Something it. Something like that. That's it. Yeah, it was weird. And so, and my conflict is on the one hand, like I said, I want to be very open minded and. You know what? Maybe there is something to say for some of these things. Maybe there is uh, a benefit to purging in the morning. I don't know. Then again, how is it healthy to bring acid up into your throat every day? Um, mm. But who knows? Yeah, I don't. I don't pretend to know everything about the world. There's a lot of crazy shit out there. So, you know, as they say here, "sab uh, everything is possible. It's a Hindi expression. So yeah, everything's possible. But it's just. My bullshit meter was just going off so hard because you're telling me that you can go to these dudes just because they're yogis and they're gurus. They are somehow people that know how to cure everything. Come on. I mean, everyone's got their expertise. Right. you, You can't tell me that I can go to this yogi and tell him any ailment I have in the world and he's going to know how to cure it with some combination of mud baths and animal parts. You know, <laughs> sounds it's like just it sounds like any religion I've ever heard. You know, yeah, exactly. Uh, now, and that's not, now. Let me now let me come back and counter my own self again. I do believe there are some herbal medicines out there that do have very real effects. Um, you know, for example, I when I was in Peru, there was a plant that I ate that it was like a numbing agent. So you just literally eat this plant, and it would it was an Local anesthetic. It would just numb your whole tongue. Right. And I physically felt that. Like, oh, wow, there's this plant that can do what all these fancy anesthetics do. And I experienced that firsthand. And there's so many plants out there that have so many properties. So, yeah, I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all to hear that there are, uh, there are plants with properties that we have – that the Western science has yet to discover or is not privy to yet. Um that can cure things. I'm definitely open to that idea, but you know, come on. It doesn't mean that there's some magical cure for everything. Right. You know? Well, I think, I, I mean, I, I think that it, it could also be presentation, Mike. So for example, my mom is a pharmacist and she knows the active ingredients in this medicine comes from this source plant, which is grown in this environment or something like that. So maybe they use this, the root, you know, the source plant that was, you know, thousands of years ago or hundreds of years ago used to discover that this agent within the plant causes this reaction, you know, Mm -hmm. it could be presentation as well, but I don't know. I mean, but I, I, I understand what you're saying that, you know, there are different, you know, different properties and different, different things and that could, you have to be open to those possibilities, like you said. Sure. 
Yeah, I think you have to be open to but, it. Um, you have to be open to everything, but also if you're going to be very open, it's just as important to be very skeptical. Right. See both sides. You have to be open. See and both skeptical. sides. Exactly. You said it before. Um, right and left. You know. You know. Right, right and left, left lobe. Yeah. yeah. You need both. <laughs> Yin and the yeah. yang. Yin and the yang, my friend. Let the right brain think of all its crazy ideas and let the left brain logically process them and figure out what makes sense or not. Right. Um, but yeah, I decided this wasn't my thing is what the point of the story is. So I left this ashram and I came back to where I was staying before in Rishikesh. I uh, hung out with my friend Mayer some more. <clears throat> and there were some other friends we made along the way. Um, so I just kind of came back to that environment. And so that's where I've been. I've been in Rishikesh total of, I don't know, um, close to two weeks now. And it was, it was Diwali. It still is actually. I think it's a total five day festival, but the big day was Sunday. Um, holy shit, dude. <laughs> so Diwali is, this is one of the wildest experiences ever. So first we go... Diwali is, again, the Festival of Lights. Yes, the Festival of Lights. That's right. Yeah. Um, and boy, are there lights. So first we show up, <laughs> and there's this uh, gathering of people that are doing a prayer thing. So they're singing songs. And then actually this white girl gives a speech. Uh, it was pretty cool. She gave a speech about how... Um, on Diwali, the Festival of Lights, it's supposed to be a reminder to us. Um, you know, just as a candle burns so that others may use its light, that's what we're supposed to be ourselves. So Diwali is a reminder of us to be like the candle and to burn so that others may have light. Wow. And that was a really cool message. That is a great message. Uh, yeah. Uh, but then someone started talking in Hindi and we decided to leave because we didn't understand what was going on anymore. <laughs> um, and again this then, is the same crew this is the same Israeli crew yeah 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 um, and so you hung then, out with them throughout the festival even up through the last day um, well this so this was Sunday night and well I'll come back to that okay um, this was Sunday night and after we left this prayer or puja as they call it uh, there were four of us, three or four of us. I don't remember. Um, we all, um, we all went to eat or whatever. And there's, then the fireworks started. Um, and this is where it gets crazy. So the 4th of July is cool and all, but, but oh man, it's nothing compared to Diwali. Uh, <laughs> and, and this is just, uh, again, this comes back to the same cultural differences between say the Western world, the U S versus India In the U S you go and it's, you see fireworks and there's a firework show and it's very ordered and organized. Everyone goes to a place, watches this professional firework display. And that's, that's the event. Maybe a neighbor or two has some rogue fireworks. Um, that might happen here and there here. Uh, there's no like central organized anything. Everyone has fireworks everywhere. We're on a rooftop <laughs> at one point. And 360 degrees, no matter where you looked, there were fireworks going off. Mm -hmm. um, walking in the streets is like going through a war zone. They're, some of them are – they're like flashbangs. They're so loud. Your ears start – if you don't cover your ears beforehand, like if someone blows one up and catches you off guard, your ears will be ringing. It's as if someone put out a, a flashbang. 
No. Uh, and then some of them are they're shooting bottle rockets uh, horizontally. They have these little spinning guys that they're dancing in the sparks of these spinning fireworks. Wow. Um, little kids are lighting fireworks in the streets and the fuse is – the fuse stops and they go and there's a little thin piece of it left. So they'll go right up to it and relight it. Um, it's, it's actually kind of scary. It, I was going to say, I'm, I'm scared listening right it's now. It's frightening, man. You're walking through the streets and there's there are explosions everywhere. It, you feel like you're in a war zone. Um, and then we go, uh, my buddy Mayor, uh, actually three of my friends had been building instruments at this guy's place. And we were invited to have dinner with them. So we go to his place. It's about 10 p.m. now at this point. And we're sitting around the fire and we were eating with him, but there's still fireworks going on. So while we're hanging out there, we walk outside and there's just still explosions going on. He had these, there were two dogs there. I don't know if they were his or if they were stray dogs or what they were, but these two dogs were scared shitless. Um, <laughs> for whatever reason, they chose me to comfort them. Um, I guess I'll take that as a compliment. Maybe the dogs can smell that I'm a good person or something. <laughs> well, the fact so, that you have you have had a dog is not. Uh, maybe yeah. These, they, it was so funny, man. These two dogs were just petrified, shaking, and they both came to me and like cuddled next to me and hid behind me, and they and they would put their head in my lap and try to get me to pet them to comfort them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was uh, that was kind of neat. Um. But it was a cool night after kind of things settled down. We we're all there were me. It was me, four Israelis, three Indian guys, all sitting around this fire eating. And the Indian guys didn't even speak that much English, but we all found this common ground to joke around with. And we're just, we're just joking and laughing. And it was this really yeah. fun, cool time. Um, so I had a really cool uh, Diwali experience. That's a, it sounds yeah. awesome. It sounds amazing. Yeah. And then, so yesterday was uh, still Diwali. There were still fireworks going on, but it it wasn't, I didn't have, I guess the story isn't as crazy, but there are still fireworks going on everywhere. And as it turns out, yesterday, it was very sudden, but all of a sudden everyone's like, okay, we're leaving. Um, Two of my friends were going to one area, two of my friends were going to some other area. Um, It was just, I guess, and this stuff happens fast. And we were hanging out here for two weeks. It was very shanti shanti, which is a Hindi expression. Uh, shanti shanti is, I think it translates to slowly, slowly or something like that. It, it, you can use it to say to someone, you know, chillax. It's kind of like saying that. So if you say to someone, shanti shanti, it's like, relax, man. Or Chill, it can bro. be used as like, yeah, or it can be an adjective. You describe a place as being very shanti shanti. Um so anyway, you know, we were here two weeks. It was shanti shanti. Everything's cool. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, all right, we're leaving. We're leaving. And that's how it goes. I do the same thing. You know, I'll, I'll spur the moment and say, hey, it's time to leave. Like when I was in the jungle, I said, all right, I'm leaving. Like in an hour. Or when I was in the yoga ashram, I said, okay, I'm leaving. You know, you, when as a backpacker, you're not planning in advance. Just when you decide it's time to leave, you leave. Yeah. Um, and so, and it was getting time for me as well. So at this point yesterday, I was realizing, yeah, I've been here a couple of weeks. I think I've gotten the experience I needed out of Richard My friends are all bouncing. Um, it's probably time for me to journey onward. So I also went 
to a travel agency and I bought myself a bus ticket to go to Pushkar tonight. Um, Pushkar is in the state of Rajasthan and there's a big camel fair going on this weekend. Uh, a camel fair? So that should be. Yeah. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but they bring camels from all around, just converge on this one city. The prettiest camel gets a ribbon. Yeah, they have that actually. They 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 actually have that. It, it's kind of like dog shows, but with camels. Um, it's it's going to be crazy. So the only I'm excited di- for that. The only difference is you can't fit your camel inside your house as easily. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, it should be interesting though. Um, hmm. but yeah, I'm going tonight. I, I'm braving the bus once again, despite all of my terrible experiences on buses. You're very, you're very uh, this heroic. One, you're a hero. This one is a, I think this is, might be different because this is a sleeper bus. So I know I have a flap service this time. It's non AC. So I won't have air conditioning blasting on me. And supposedly the roads are relatively smooth. You know what? We'll find out. But the trains, I couldn't get a train till like tomorrow. I didn't want to wait another day. I'm too impatient for that, so okay. I'm in the bus, <laughs> but well, yeah, it's how long has it been? Half an hour on this recording? Yeah, maybe okay. just shy, but uh, but yeah, I wanted to wish you luck on your trip to uh, Dushkar. Is that it? Pushkar, like Pushkar. push oh, a car. My Pushkar. My my D looks like a like a should have been a P. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Pushkar. Well, enjoy your, your trip to Pushkar, and I my challenge for you is to kiss a camel and take a picture of it. Oh, uh, <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> you don't, I'm not saying you have to kiss it on the lips, buddy. Uh, so. Okay. Or, or, or get a picture with a prize-winning camel. Kiss it's like, yeah, I'll get a picture with a prize camel. I can do that. Something. I'll All right. I'll try to ride a prize camel. <laughs> Wait, what? I'll try to ride a prize camel. Ride a prize camel. That'd be fun. I. It sounds like fun. All right, sir. Well, um, I guess I'll catch you up next time. Yeah. Definitely. Everyone, thanks for tuning in to Walking the Earth podcast. Um, your co-host Justin Castle, along with Michael Margulies, tuning out, and we'll we'll see you next time. As Ababa told me in Humpy, good morning, good night. <laughs> Sounds very shanti shanti. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later.